Hi, church family. John and Amanda and Felicity Fisher here. Uh, I'm an itinerant speaker minister, although in this past season I've been doing more online ministry, but glad to be visiting more churches as restrictions loosen here. Honored to be bringing the message this weekend for our series, uh, Being Spirit-Led. I want to thank Perry and Pastor Jim for bringing the previous messages in the series, and they're good friends and leaders who model walking in the Spirit, so it's good to follow their lead in this series. So again, I have my wife Amanda and Felicity here off the start, and just wanted to say hi to our church family with, with the three of us, and her little penguin as well. Uh, Amanda and I celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary this past month, and want to thank you, church family, for all your well wishes on social media. Amanda is the best gift ever to me, and she's doing an amazing job also raising her little daughter, Felicity. Uh, she's doing great as a newish mom, and Felicity's now 17 months, and she's ready to read some books, I think, here after we're off camera. Uh, she's growing like crazy since our last message. Uh, she loves long stroller rides, practicing animal noises, and just looking at her books and her little kid's Bible nonstop, so very thankful for my family. I'm going to release them to be my live studio audience today. So we'll say bye-bye to everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs> That's the most we'll get out of Felicity today for chattiness. She's a little tired. So, um, Also, just so thankful for my church family. Uh, Amanda and I have been attending Regina App now for 15 years uh, this May as well. So it's our anniversary with the church too. So happy anniversary, church. <laughs> this community has been so um, important for me, helping spark in me a hunger for revival, a hunger for intimacy with God, and hunger for what's possible with healing the prophetic and the supernatural. I'm so grateful for everything I've received here over the years. Um, you know, over the past 15 years or so, I can think back on a legacy of powerful people that have spoken to our church, uh, leading us in the ways of the Spirit. I think of people like our former, former leaders, like Pastor Switzer and Pastor Rick, Powerful guests like Randy Clark and Sean Bowles, Chris Gore, Reinhard Bonnke, Cindy Jacobs, and many more. So many people had such a crazy impact on my life, and um, I don't know where I'd be. So I'm thankful for each one of them that's contributed to our church DNA, whether they were here for decades or a weekend. Uh, they've all contributed to the DNA of our, our church body here. Uh, they've blazed a trail ahead. And I was just thinking, too, as I was preparing for this message that we have so many promises as a church family that have been spoken over, over this body. And we've also had our share of challenges in recent years too. But I want to encourage you that we wouldn't need promises if things were perfect. God gives us prophetic promises to help us persevere past problems. No matter where we are in the prophetic process to our promised land, his presence will always lead, guide, and strengthen us along the way. So we can be thankful for that. I think back on Cindy Jacobs' word in particular, uh, we've heard many times that word and others like it. I'm not going to repeat any of them for verbatim, but I just want to agree with things that have been spoken over our church uh, through those many words. Uh, that we would be a people of profound worship, releasing the sound of heaven. That we'd be a people hosting his presence. That God desires us to be a people going after miraculous healing. That we'd also be a people of multi-generational revival. That we'd be a people of provincial and national influence. And those words, and many like it, can seem kind of lofty and wondering, you know, how do we get there from here? What do we do? And I think back on this powerful verse from Zechariah 4, verse 6. It says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. 
It's his spirit, his presence, that is the not-so-secret ingredient. (laughs) His presence is the key to see any promise fulfilled. I believe that as we personally and corporately prioritize his presence, the promises will come to pass. I believe that our main job to partner with God is by hosting his presence. That's our, our main activity that we can do to contribute. And I think about Pentecost. We had Pentecost Sunday last weekend. I believe Pentecost is still rolling. Um, just like they did at Pentecost in the upper room, only God's people hosting God's presence can accomplish God's promises. I can think back on so many places that I've visited over the years, churches and movements in the past decade, where they've hosted God's presence in this way. I've seen dynamic ministries like Bethel Church and International House of Prayer, Jesus Culture, Upper Room, uh, Dallas, uh, or Healing Rooms, Catch the Fire, dynamic ministers like Heidi Baker and Sean Foyt, Todd White, Lou Engel, and a bunch of others too. And I've been on this pursuit of revival and at the same time experiencing personal renewal. And I'm so grateful for the many miracles that I've seen and that have occurred for me as well. And I know that I wouldn't be anywhere without that, without God's presence. And uh, I feel very blessed. It's nothing that I've done but, or earned, but it's just the things that I'm willing to receive. And I want even the more that God has for myself and for us as a church. And I know I look back on my journey over the past many years and dynamic wouldn't have been the word I'd use to describe my faith early on. Um, I remember reading the Bible growing up and feeling like those miracles were out of reach for today. I didn't grow up Pentecostal. That wasn't my experience. I grew up in a Christian home, which I'm very thankful for. And even though I accepted Christ at seven, it felt like for me, the years following, the Holy Spirit felt distant. I did my best to live a good life as a kid and into my teens, but I felt like, felt a lot of emptiness. You know, I did the right things, but didn't always feel God's presence. So in order to experience fulfillment, I pursued the Canadian dream. (laughs) Hockey, yeah. And I ended up being a pretty decent goalie. I got a couple tryouts with the Saskatoon Blades in the WHL, but that pursuit ended up leaving me empty. So I pursued higher education, going to university, but that didn't satisfy either. I pursued a job to accrue wealth and security, and that didn't fulfill me either. I even got married to my girlfriend of four years, which is Amanda, and now my wife of 15 years, and she is amazing. But in that time, uh, I began to recognize that there was a deeper void inside of me that no human could touch. And I'm thankful that Amanda did point me in the right spiritual direction, as she had some of this Pentecostal Holy Spirit uh, flavored background. You know, during our first year at the app, I began to learn more about the Holy Spirit. This is 15 years ago. And even though I didn't have a grid for it at the time, I became more open as I experienced vibrant life in this charismatic community. During our first year at the app, my faith really was ignited and I ended up getting opportunities to preach in different places in Saskatchewan. I remember um, it was during our first year attending here, maybe just right after the the one-year mark, Uh, Pastor Chris Westby asked if I would speak at a Saturday night service. I was really honored with this huge opportunity. Um, The topic that came to mind for me was surrender. So I'm like, oh yeah, I will, sure, I'd love to speak on surrender. And as much as God was wanting to speak through me to the young adults there that night, more importantly, he was wanting to speak to me uh, to surrender. You see, I had surrendered my life at seven years old, And that's what we do when we talk about giving our life to Jesus. 
but it's not just a one-time experience. It's meant to be a lifestyle. And I wasn't living that out. I wasn't experiencing that. I had moments of surrender at camp and conferences, but mostly I wanted to be in control. I realized I had a lot of fear about, you know, being baptized in the Holy Spirit and, you know, maybe losing control or respect. I wanted to have it all together. I wanted to be a pro hockey player. <laughs> I wanted to be a well-educated and prosperous individual. Uh, much of my life was around securing a life for me that I could control and gain respect. But eventually I had a deeper desire for the joy that I experienced at salvation, to come back, to re-experience that and to live that out again. So I remember after preaching that message on a Saturday night, um, that May, 14 years ago, and I planned to go to a Holy Spirit focus service where we were going to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I had been prayed for a few times over the years, but this time I had this sense that something was going to happen because I was ready for it. I wanted it this time. So that night, I sat in a chair in the altar area when the invitation was given to be prayed for. There wasn't any hype. Just a bunch of leaders in our church just began to lovingly pray over me. And you know what? It was amazing because God broke through and I began to speak in tongues, experiencing divine love and joy like I could only compare to that night when I was first saved. Nothing that any sport or person or any amount of money could give. It was his presence that I began to surrender to and it changed my life as I began to pursue God wholeheartedly from then on in. It's been 15 years, lots of ups and downs along the way, but that was a watershed moment for me and I'm glad it didn't end there. It's been from glory to glory, but there's definitely been some valleys between those mountaintop experiences, but I'm grateful for that experience, the, the whole life in between, in on through. As much as that moment of surrender was powerful then, it still reminds me that every refill of the Holy Spirit since has to do with another measure of surrender in my life, of, of letting go. We know in Acts 2, Pentecost began, and, but it didn't end. The same group of Pentecost regathered in Acts chapter 4 after an experience of persecution. They had come to a fork in the road. After that initial outpouring, the church was growing by the thousands and miracles were breaking out. However, the religious leaders at the time began to threaten a shutdown of the church just as things were just getting started. So Peter and John gathered the believers from the original upper room and the many new converts for another wild prayer meeting. Here's the end of that prayer and the results in Acts chapter 4, verse 29 to 31. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. This is Acts 4, 29 to 31. Isn't that incredible? That's after Acts 2. It's not even Pentecost. But the power of Pentecost is in the presence of God. It's not restricted to a particular day or place, but it's wherever, whenever, and whoever calls on him. You even have permission to double dip. That's, that's right there in the scripture. It's Acts 2 and Acts 4. Peter was in both situations and all the others as well. There is one Holy Spirit baptism, but many fillings thereafter. And we look throughout the book of Acts as we've been uh, checking it out in this series. And you're going to find out, uh, as you look for yourself in the book of Acts, there's many people that are described as filled with the Holy Spirit or full of the Holy Spirit. 
It's not speaking of people who only had a one-time experience, but it's those that continued on in a fully immersive lifestyle in the Holy Spirit. It's kind of a, a silly analogy, but it's kind of like buying a Coke in a restaurant and getting the free refills that come along with the first purchase. As believers, we need to keep getting that drink of the Holy Spirit continually topped up. We need more and more of his presence. Keep drinking, stay thirsty. I know for myself, since that initial Holy Spirit baptism 14 years ago, I've had more dramatic Holy Spirit refills than I can count. But I'll just mention a couple here. You know, 10 years ago, I was feeling very dry and I remember being on the floor of a prayer room chapel and I was just hungry. I was thirsty for more of his presence. It was something I needed. And so as I lay there listening to worship, it was um, after a few minutes, all of a sudden I began to feel God's presence in a unique way that I hadn't felt before. It was like water, like a, a garden hose attached to my leg and it was like water running uh, from the bottom of my feet up to the my torso and to my heart. And I felt the Holy Spirit like water rinsing my heart. <laughs> it was this amazing experience and I didn't know what to expect. It wasn't what I had prayed for exactly, but I just wanted God to do some heart work in me. So I experienced a, a free refill of the Holy Spirit, which I desperately needed and experienced his love in a dramatic way. It was very powerful and it was transformative for me. And you know what? A couple of years later, I needed another refill. And I'm sure I had some other ones in between, but uh, this one kind of stands out to me. I remember being in a prayer meeting and I was longing for revival. And I began to feel God's presence like a river. And it was like a river up to my waist. And as I began to just feel this presence of God get stronger and stronger, it came to the point where I actually fell on the floor. And I didn't get hurt, but the very opposite happened. I actually began to laugh harder than I've ever laughed before feeling the joy of the Lord. And it was just incredible. It was one of those moments that I always look back on fondly and I've had many other experiences like that ever since. It feels good to talk about those things. It feels good to have those experiences, but they weren't only feel good moments. I can point back to those things and say, uh, and other dynamic moments and say, you know, that's where God upgraded the love, the joy, uh, the revelation, the purity and power of his spirit in my life that God changed me in those moments and he's still working on me. I'm a work in progress. So I need every refilling of his presence that I can get. I believe that at salvation, we receive enough of the Holy Spirit to get to heaven. So we never need to doubt that. But a life fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit is what's gonna bring heaven to earth. We need to be overflowing with his presence in order to see his kingdom come, his will be done. And I think that's where God is inviting us as a community, a church community. You know, I share these stories not to brag or to say, look at how special I am, but I, I, I share these to say that I've noticed a pattern in my life that surrender, letting go, is the key to the filling and refilling of the Holy Spirit. Ever since Pentecost, the disciples found another level of surrender when they called out to the good, good Father who will always top up our measure of the Holy Spirit to overflow. In uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, it's going to turn there. It says, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. Isn't that beautiful? We we're made to drink into one Spirit. So there is one Spirit, 
one Holy Spirit baptism, but don't just take one drink. Stay drenched, stay thirsty. We need it to accomplish God's will. If the Acts Church needed it, Lord knows we need it in the 21st century church. A life fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit is a life full of the Holy Spirit. In order to be led by the Spirit, we need to be filled with the Spirit. And the overflow is the only way to tell if we're actually full. I believe that as we, we let go, that's in the place where we can actually grab a hold of his presence. There's no other way to do it. We can't have both things. We can't have the world and the Spirit. We have to let go of the world to grab a hold of the Spirit. And it's not about earning. I want to be very clear about that. That his Spirit doesn't come because we did something amazing, but it's in the letting go. Revival and renewal, they don't come through striving. It's just in that place of surrender. It's the, the least we can do <laughs> is to let go. And as we let go, God apprehends us. You don't have to be special. I'm not special. I'm an average guy. And I know that God's just looking for average people. He's just looking for regular people like you and me to fill and refill. Because if he comes, if we surrender, he will come. And if we're willing, he'll fill us. We just have to let him in by letting go. I think about the incredible things that happened through a church fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit after Pentecost. And that's where we live. Not that Pentecost is over, but we're living in the aftermath of Pentecost even still. There's some side effects. And I know you've, you know, maybe you've seen some medication commercials and you see all the list of negative side effects. These are positive side effects of a spiritful life. Uh, so in Acts, we find that healing is a side effect. Anointed words, building shaking, Holy Spirit refills, deliverances, angelic encounters, overcoming spiritual darkness, nations getting saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit, words of knowledge, resurrections, signs and wonders, supernatural protection, and even church growth can happen. And the book of Acts Church wasn't living in perfect times, and neither are we. In the midst of challenges, God can grow the church. I know that I want to go to this church. <laughs> I personally want to be this church that's described in the book of Acts because I don't see any other option described in the Bible. <laughs> there's no Holy Spirit light church and there's no Holy Ghost zero assembly written in the Bible. It's fully surrendered, full of the Holy Spirit or bust. That's, that's all there is. It's all I see when I read the Bible, guys. Can we let go today? Can we fully surrender to a good father? He loves us and he has good plans if we'll let him. That's, I believe the key is surrendering to God, knowing that he's good. He's got good things in store. We only see so little uh, ahead. We need to trust that God sees the full picture, the big picture. That he's got good things in store as we let go to him. There's some things I felt God was highlighting today that he's asking us to let go of, to make room for more of the Spirit. It can be hard letting go, but when we see what the Spirit has for us, there's a joy <laughs> in surrender and the letting go. We can let go of our need for the world's approval. We can let go of our need to understand. His ways are higher. We've got to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. Often our minds can get in the way of God's will. We think we know what's best, but only he really knows. So we let go and God can do something incredible and amazing through us. There's also that need to be comfortable. We need to let go of that too. Sometimes our breakthrough exists outside of our comfort zone. If it was in our comfort zone, we'd already have our breakthrough. So we need to venture outside of what's comfortable often with God. 
letting go of our idea of how God should move, letting go of our need to look good, our need to be in control. Even people that we need to forgive, that's a tough one. Um, But sometimes those blocks of forgiveness can hinder the Holy Spirit from fully moving in our lives. Maybe there's burdens from this past year in particular. I felt like that was something God is highlighting. It's been a challenging year and lots of things that we can get hung up on, difficulties and challenges and things that are significant that we can grieve over. But I feel like God's saying, hey, can you trust me with this? Can you let go of these things to me and trust that I can do something good in the midst of what's, what doesn't make sense? And the most important thing that we can surrender, that we can let go of is, is us, <laughs> to Jesus. Not for a moment, but forever. Letting go to him. I just want to invite us to even set aside some time now and even later today, depending where you are or what you're up to. But I just want you to take some focus time as soon as you can to go after this, the letting go. Today, Lord, I, I give you all of me. You can say something like that and say, I let go and I let you in today. Just simply acknowledge anything God's highlighting. He's not wanting to put you on a guilt trip. He just wants to allow you to release something that's, that's holding God back, that's blocking the the fruitfulness and blessing to come in your life, that that free refill that he so loves to give out. He's a good father. He loves to fill us with his presence each and every day. You don't have to wait for next Pentecost. (laughs) You don't have to wait for Easter. You don't have to wait for any special holiday. Today is a good day to get more of his presence. Something I can do that sometimes draws his presence is a physical act of obedience. Maybe you want to lay down listen to some worship music. Maybe you want to kneel, stand up, sing, however you want to do it. Don't feel like you have to strive, though, to get more of his presence. Just come willing to receive. It says in the book of Acts, just before Pentecost came, that it was the promise of the Father for them to receive. All he's asking and looking for are people to receive today. He's here, he's ready, he's willing to fill you again. So Lord, we just release your presence today over my friends, over my church family, Wherever they feel dry, just know that you love them, God. You want to fill them with your love, fill them with your presence, fill them with your spirit again. Wherever they feel low, just come in and fill them up, God. Your river, it rushes to the lowest place. Release that river again in each person's life. Fill them to overflow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.